get into my introduction after a testimony, okay? So I'll tell you who I am after we tell you who Jesus is, okay? So we saw, we saw Christ the Savior this week. We were at Skipper Jack's, and we had the seafood chowder, and it was amazing, the best seafood chowder I've had in my entire life. And there was a, a young man there that had a, a problem with his shoulder, and Pastor Paul prayed for him three times, and the, the pain went, went away. And this, this young man is, okay, sometimes people let us pray, but they are not expecting anything to happen. They let us pray because they want to be nice to us. And, and then when something actually happens, they're actually shocked. And so he's like, oh my gosh, it's, something's really happening. And then his girlfriend wanted prayer. And so she has a bad back, so Jason's praying for her back, and they both get healed. And then we told them about Christ is the healer, but he's also the savior. And we shared how, how Jesus changed our life and how our life was upside down and how God has this incredible love for all humanity. But it's an invitation that he says, yes, I love you. I want you to every human being on the face of the earth. But he's waiting for a response back to people that will say back to him, yes, I want you back. And we shared this with this couple and we asked him, have you ever had the opportunity to say yes to Jesus? And the girl said, I have never, never done this. I've, I've, never, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never prayed uh, for salvation. I've never done this. And we asked her, would, would you like to do this? And she says, I would be open for this. And so then we're like, well, let's, we're right in the middle of the restaurant, okay? All this is going on right in the middle of the restaurant. And so the Holy Spirit's like, Go, take them outside. And I was like, would you like to do this outside? So Jason and I went outside with them, and we held hands. And then the young man said, I want to get saved also. So we held hands right outside of Skipper Jack's, and, and these two young people give their lives to Jesus. Christ the healer. Christ the savior, man. Christ the deliverer. He's so good. I was just crying during worship, and I'm glad I I'm a little composed. I'm not all the way composed yet. And I was being so thankful for how Christ came into my family. Oh, man. Christ came into all of our families at one point. At one point, somewhere in our family lineage, the gospel had to come into our family. Maybe you're the third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation of believers, and maybe your parents raised you with Christ, and maybe... I, I, I thank the Lord for that. Maybe you're the first generation. But Christ had to come in to have every family lineage at some point. But it says the kingdom of God is like, a, is like a man that goes out and sows seed. Or the kingdom of God is like leaven that gets into a loaf and then it keeps growing. But somewhere, the kingdom of God, Jesus had to enter into the family lineage. And for me, it entered in with my sister. We were... I was, I think, eight years old. My sister was 13 years old. And we were on an airplane going to see my dad because my mom and dad had split up. And I was, we were going to go see my father for, for summer vacation. And so, so my mom put us on an airplane, and we're sitting on an airplane. And then there's this little old lady that just starts talking to my sister. And she's like, hi, honey, where are you guys going? And we're saying, we're going to San Diego to see our, our dad and all this stuff. And she's like, have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? And my daughter's like, not really, what's up with Jesus? And she started sharing, this little Baptist lady started sharing about the salvation plan to my little sister. And so my sister was in the middle, I'm over here. And then this lady, 
leads my sister to the Lord. I didn't accept Jesus because I didn't even know what she was talking about. I was too busy playing comics or something. I don't know. So I didn't accept Jesus. But Jesus came into my do- our family's life and into my sister's life. So then my little sister, I'll get into my introduction in a minute, okay? I, I-, I will. <laughs> and then my sister starts praying for our family because that's what happens. Jesus comes in and then he gives us a heart for the good news to get out. So now my little sister's like, Jesus, save my mom. Jesus, save my dad. And a funny thing happened. My mom would go to the YMCA and do her exercise. And within that week, there's a man. They're, it, they're doing exercise at the YMCA. And there's a man that asked my mother, have you heard the good news today? And my mother's like, I don't think so. I didn't read the paper. It's kind of early. What's the good news? And she said, he said to my mom, the good news is that Jesus Christ loves you. And he has an amazing plan for your life. And he has made a great way for you to come to know him and have everlasting life. And my mom said, I've heard that, but there's, tell me more. So they're doing exercise. And then she's like, can I meet with you in the coffee shop? I want to know more. And so this man led my mom to the Lord in the YMCA. Man. And one by one by one, the Lord has been picking off our family members with a gospel. Boom, one by one. My dad gets saved. My uncle gets saved. All these people get saved. Next thing I know, I don't see anybody in my family that's not saved besides me. I am the last one. I was like, my family's going crazy for Jesus, but I'm not going to go. But my mom would not give up on me. Fifteen years, I was out in the world. I, was, I didn't get on drugs because I got a good job, and I liked making money, and they did drug tests, or I would have got on drugs. So I didn't. But I worked my way up in the company, and I was going after all this stuff, but my mom would just keep telling me about Jesus, and I'd be like, Mom, enough about this Jesus all the time. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so one day I was 35 years old. This was a long time ago. I'm all older than I look. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So I was 35 years old, and I'm thinking, I got to get my mom off my back once and for all. And this bright light pops into my head, and I get this idea. And I'm like, I'm going to go to church one time. I'm going to sit in the very back pew. I'm going to sit through the service, and then after the service, I'm going to tell my mom, Mom, Jesus didn't work for me. I tried him, so please never, 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 never tell me about your Jesus ever again, because I tried him, and he's not for me. So I had another bright idea. I was like, I have friends that we go to the bars and drink and party with. I was like, I need some support. I'm going to ask my friend Puga to come with me. I was like, so I meet with Puga. I was like, Puga, me and you, we're going to church Sunday. And he's like, church? What are you thinking? I was like, no, not like what you're thinking. No, 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 no. I got to get my mom off my back. She's a crazy, crazy Jesus lady. And if we go one time, sit in the back, and, and after the service, I'll say, you know, God's not for me. Uh, mom, leave me alone. And Puga's eyes light up. He goes, this is brilliant. My mom is a Jesus person too. I got to get my mom off my back also. Let's do it. So we plan this out, and we're actually drinking beers as we're talking about this. We're, this is a good idea. High five. So then we, 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 we sneak into the back of a church. It looked a lot like this. 
there was assemblies of God in Susanville, California, and we sneak in the back door, um, and we sit in the very, very back corner, and the service is going on. And honestly, during the worship, I kind of felt it was like it felt kind of nice in here. It's kind of nice, and and but in, in the same time, in my mind, I'm thinking about I'm going to call my mom after the service. And I was replaying already what I was going to tell her how I tried God and He wasn't for me. And at the end of the service, the pastor had an altar call. And he wasn't as emotional as me. Okay, I'm a little emotional. You'll see that. You already saw it. He was more calm, more reserved. And he just said, at the end of the service, he's like, if there's anybody here that does not have a close relationship with Jesus, wants to surrender your life to Jesus, I would hate to close the service without giving you an opportunity to say yes to him. And my heart started pounding so hard. Like, I've been afraid before in my life, but I don't know if I've ever been this afraid. And I'm sitting in the back, and I'm like, why am I so afraid? And then he says this. He says, if God is moving on your heart, your heart's probably beating heavy right now because he's inviting you, and he's letting you know he wants you. And he says, one way to know it's you is your heart's probably beating harder than normal. And I look down on my shirt's going, and I'm like, what is happening? And then... He's like, we're going to invite you up right now. It, I was so scared. I start, I, I have kids too. I'll tell you about them in a minute too. So in, when you have kids, you do breathing exercises for the birth, birthing classes. I don't know if you've done these. But back when my kids were born, we'd go to the hospital and they teach us how to do breathing to give birth. It's, it was called, I think, Lamaze class. And you go, and so... I'm thinking, I need to calm down. And I'm like, I'm not going up there. I'm not going up there. I'm grabbing my pew. It's like, Jason, you're not going up there. And I'm breathing. I'm like, <laughs> calm down. You're not going up there no matter what. Because I'm saying, if you go up there, you're going to be a crazy Jesus person like your mom. You cannot do that. And, I'm, and my, the whole time, though, my heart's pounding. And I got this, like, thing going on, on in my heart. And I look over to see, how is my friend Puga doing? Is he okay? And I look over, and... He's not there anymore. He's running to the front, crying like a baby, like, ah, running up front. And I'm like, no, Puga's gone. You're not going up there. You're not going up there. And my heart's just pounding. And the whole time my heart's pounding, I'm having to make a decision. And I'm like, I was not planning on having to make a decision this morning. I was planning on just being comfortable, and something was happening in my heart. And, I, and what, what was going on in my heart is I felt a love for me that I've never felt ever in my life. I had fathers that, a Chinese father, he's still Chinese, he's awesome, but he didn't know how to show love the way I needed to receive love. He thought love, the way he knew how to give love was to teach. He has six doctorate degrees, and he would try to teach me, that's how he showed love, but I'm a physical touch guy. I was like, I want my dad to hug me and tell me how awesome I am. I'm an affirmation guy. But my dad didn't know how to do that. And so I just never felt connected to my dad. And my mom gets into relationships. And then we had dysfunctional fathers that was like abusive and domestic violence. It, was a, it went downhill. And so I never had a, a father figure that I felt like believed in me and loved me and told me that I was great and that I could do something with my life and that I had goodness and greatness inside of me and all of a sudden I felt this father's love that I've never felt that wanted me man wanted me just like I was that minute 
Not when I got better, and not when I got my act together, not with any other thing, but he wanted me because he just loved me. And so I got this tension going on in my heart. On this side, I'm like, I do not want Jesus because my mom is crazy and she prays for people everywhere. Even when we go to the restaurant, she's telling people, it's embarrassing, I don't want to be like her. And then over here, I feel like this, this love of God that it's like a love of the Father that wanted me, and I, there was a tension in my heart that I didn't want to say yes, but I, I was scared not to say yes, because what happens if I, if I say no, and then I never have an opportunity again? And there was just this crazy thing going on in my heart. Are you guys okay? I'm yelling. Okay, and so anyway, I'm in the back, and my heart's just pounding, and I just, in my heart, I said, I was like, I don't know what I'm saying yes to but I'm going to say yes. And I got out of my pew and I got out of the pew and man, the second I hit the uh, row, I just started bawling. And I hadn't cried for years, like so many years. I had went through a divorce by that time and I never cried during that and just bawling. And I forgot to tell you, I actually took my kids with me to church that day. And so my kids came forward and they're like, dad, why, why are you crying? My, my boys had never seen me cry. It's like, I don't know, but it's a good cry. It's a good cry. So it's, I'm okay. It's a good cry. So my kids around me, and this Hispanic gentleman like leads me to the Lord, and, and I do the salvation prayer, and I go outside. It looked a lot, a lot like this church. I went out the back uh, uh, doors, and I just remember looking outside, and I'm like, it was like everything was different. I was like, the blue sky was more blue. The green grass was more green. It's like there was something different. Life had more purpose. It was more joyful, more hopeful. Man, and I caught my mom, man, and I called her, and I didn't have the conversation I thought I was going to have. I was like, Mom, I'm crying. I'm kind of crying now. I was crying. I was like, Mom, I was like, I think you and God tricked me today. <laughs> I was like, I went to church to get you off my back to leave me alone, and I actually went up front and asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, Mom. I was like, I feel something's changed in my life. And I asked my mom this, I said, Mom, is it going to stick? Is it going to last? And my mom says, oh, yeah, son, this one's going to last. And I want to tell you, it's been 10, 11 years, man, and it's lasted. It's more bright. It's more beautiful than it's ever been, man. It's more beautiful. And I just, I want to give you, like, grace and courage to know if you're praying moms or praying dads and you have kids. For me, it was 15 years. My mom kept praying and believing and would tell God, God, you said this about Jason. I got prophetic words over his life. You said this. And so I want to encourage you parents and you're praying for your children or children, you're praying for your parents or sisters, you're praying for your family members or grandparents and you haven't seen the fruit of it yet. The Lord showed me that these prayers that my mom prayed for me for 15 years they're like airplanes circling a runway, okay? And it's like for 15 years, there's all of these prayers over my life. And, and it would have been easy for my mom to think that she prayed one year, and it's like that prayer was wasted. It didn't work. But what the Lord showed me is all these airplanes, all these prayers are circling over our family member's life. And in a moment, all of those prayers will come down at once, and there's going to be an explosion. And so we just, I'm going to pray and prophesy for all of our family members that, aren't, that haven't come home yet, that this is a good year, this is a good day, this is a good year for salvation for our family members. And so, Lord, I, I just thank you for all of our family members that haven't come home, 
that all of the uh, prayers that have been prayed for them, that we pray that they will land, and they wouldn't just get saved, but they would get transformed, God, and they would be even crazier than we are for Jesus. Amen. Ah, thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to say hi now. This is my introduction. My name is Jason Tim. I am from, I got, thank you. Ah, thank you, Jesus. We, we had such a great weekend and just ah, so many beautiful experiences, so many new, new things. We had people that had never tried to hear God for other people, and they were getting specific details about the other person. We had people that had never prayed for maybe somebody's illness before, and we got to see there was like 20 healings that were amazing. I didn't pray for anybody. Everybody else prayed for everybody, and that's what's beautiful about this. Is it's not a person. Even when you see like on TV or, or somebody or someone with a microphone and you see miracles, he's just a shell. He's just a, a vessel. But it's, it's God. It, it's the Holy Spirit. It, it's Jesus inside him that's the miracle worker. And the cool thing is, is every one of us is that, has that same shell. We, we, we are carriers of, of the presence of God. We're carriers of Jesus himself. And he actually is good at his job. He's really good at his job. So we don't have to be that good at our job, because he's really good. Okay. Oh, Lord. You guys are awesome. I hope I get to meet you later. I don't know how I can meet all of you, but I'd like to. Um, I want to share with you, um, I want to tell you about my wife. I have a beautiful wife. I've uh, been married a year and a half, and she's a Swiss girl. And she kind of looks like the Swiss mix girl a little bit. You'll see her in a second because she made, she made a video for you. I, I asked her, I was like, honey, since you can't be here, can you just say hello to, to the Glad Tidings Church? So uh, let's, let's uh, let Debbie say hi to you and you get to see my, my, my beautiful, wonderful wife. Oh, wrong video. That's not my wife. That guy over there just got totally healed. <laughs> he said that. Sorry, we'll show that video in a minute. That was a cool video. A lot of people ends up, ended up getting healed at Disneyland. But we'll, I'd like to see Debbie first. <laughs> oh, you don't have it? Oh, no. She is so cute. Okay, I'm going to play it on my phone, and you can hear her say something to you. Because she would be really upset at me if somehow I don't get to play this, because I was like, please, honey. Okay. Are you guys ready? Can I do this with this? Okay, let's see. Let me try this. Good morning, or whatever time it is where you are. I'm sorry, I'm a little shaky. Um, it is amazing weather here. I know you guys are freezing, but you're in Canada, so what do you expect? Um, I just want to say a quick hello, and I wish I could be with you, but I know you guys are having an amazing time, and I wish you the most amazing Sunday ever. And obviously, you know God is with you, and you're created to do empower. You are created to do powerful things and impossible things. Amen? Amen. Until soon. 
<clears throat> One of my friends said this, and I love it. Um, she says, world changers look like ordinary people. They just don't do ordinary things. World changers look like us. They just take chances to do something really cool with Jesus. So this morning's message, I'm going to talk about the roar of God. And we hopefully have a cool overhead. Yes, we got it. Paul made that this morning. So what I want to talk about is a lot of what I do um, in ministry now is I, I, my goal is to be like a cheerleader, okay? Like I'm a male cheerleader. And my goal or my hope is to cheer the body of Christ on into courage of like who she is. And so what, what my, one of my greatest desires is I really feel that most believers, and I would even dare to say all believers, have a desire in their heart to share Jesus with people they love. Because we all know that God has changed our life. Everyone sitting in here, there is some measure, if we really are born again, there's some measure of improvement that, ha that came into our life. It, it doesn't mean that our whole life looks exactly like Jesus's life yet, even though this is the goal. It is. Jesus said, the, the, okay, I'm not, okay, I'm going to say it. The Father said, be thou perfect as he is perfect. His whole goal of everything is that we be transformed into the image of God. It's like, but the thing is, we get saved, but, and right when you get saved, there's a change. Like for me, I quit swearing. I used to swear so much, really bad. Like if you heard me, it'd be like beep, 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 like I, a lot. I, had, I don't think I have sworn one time since I got saved. But there was other things that was a progression, that work, working it out, okay. And so what I'm saying is God has changed our life, and, and, and God actually is love. Like, that's who he is. God doesn't try to love. God is love. And so that God of love lives inside of us. We know this. So, so it's not even fair to, for anybody to say as a Christian, I just don't love well, or I don't know how to love. The truth is, you and love are like this. You, you, you're the easiest thing and the most normal thing for a believer's life is to be love. The thing is, sometimes fear tries to keep love trapped inside. Fear of what will people think? Fear of what happens if I try to share Jesus and it doesn't go good? What happens if I, you know, try it and it doesn't work out well? Some people will think, what happens if I try to pray for someone and they don't get healed? I'm going to make God look bad. People have thought, we thought that, but I want to tell you on that one, people aren't expecting to get healed anyway. <laughs> so when they get healed, it's actually a surprise for them. And so our heart is to, that, that, that perfect love casts out fear. And I know what this is like myself, man. I ended up getting saved, and then I signed up for supernatural school, or supernatural ministry school at Bethel School in, uh, yeah, you know where I'm going. Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry is where I signed up in 2006. And then I, I went for three years. And I had a desire that I, I wanted people to know Jesus that I knew. And so I signed up for a, a, a class. It's called Supernatural Treasure Hunts. Have you guys, who's heard of that? Raise your hand. Okay, so a few of you. Um, what, what this is, in Acts 9-11, it says... 
that Ananias was sent out to find the Apostle Paul. Ananias, like the Holy Spirit comes to Ananias and he says, hey, I want you to find a guy named Paul, name, he gets a location, go to Straight Street, and he tells the disease, he says, Paul, this man, Paul, needs to get prayer for blindness. So you have a location, where to go, you had the person's name was Paul, and the Holy Spirit gives him the condition of prayer needs, it's blindness, okay? So, so it was like these clues that the Holy Spirit gave Ananias to find we'll call Paul the treasure. It's like going on a treasure hunt with these clues. So at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, they will teach us that the same Holy Spirit that spoke to, the, to Ananias that sent him to find the Apostle Paul is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And in John, in Gospel of John, it says the Holy Spirit will tell us things to come. Because God knows the end from the beginning. We, we agree on this, right? So he actually knows where we're going to go to lunch today. He, he does. Even though we have free will, he's so outside of time. He's like, okay, you're going to actually go to lunch and here. And, and so what we can do is we can ask Holy Spirit, okay, at lunchtime, where are we going to have lunch? Okay, we'll go there. What will people be wearing? And so we can write details down. So in this classroom setting, we get a piece of paper. We write these clues down that we're practicing to hear God's voice. And then we take this map. We call it a map with like clues, just like you would do a scavenger hunt. And so we'd have like Starbucks and someone with a red hat and maybe red shoes. And maybe their name is John. And by chance, I think maybe I heard God's voice said that maybe he needs finances. Maybe he has a relationship problem. Maybe he actually has a pain in his ankle on the left side. So we write these clues down because we're just practicing to hear God's voice. And then we go out with this map to see if we've actually heard God right. But the thing is, what they teach us at school is even if we get some of these details wrong and we meet this person, we have an opportunity to love this person, okay? And it's the greatest thing ever. And so in my heart, I was so excited to try this and see if, have you guys seen Todd White videos? Okay, I would watch Todd White videos and I was like, okay, this is gonna be my chance. I can like do like the videos. If you don't know who Todd White is, he's an evangelist on the streets that has YouTube videos and you see miracles. And so in my heart, I wanted to see if that could work in my life. So I signed up for supernatural treasure hunts. But the point I'm trying to get is I know what it feels like to be afraid. For, for four weeks, I skipped class for outreach. Four weeks, man. Like, like, like four weeks. I, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but, but I knew what it was like to be afraid. Like, I had a desire, but I had to get past fear. But God, by his grace, he, he showed me that it's baby steps into freedom. Like, we don't have to wake up and, and, you know, now I'm me and next thing I think I have to be Todd White. What God showed me is this life in a supernatural or life in general, it's a process. And he's really okay wherever we're at right now. He loves us right where we're at. But what he has a desire for is that we could take one step more and grow one step more and keep growing one step more. But for me, I had to overcome fear in my life. And so what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about the roar of God. We have all been created to roar. Jesus says he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and we are made in his image. We are created to roar. And when I say roar, it's similar to shining, okay? In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
So I feel like the roar is similar to shining, okay? The Bible says, don't, don't let your light be under a basket. It's like, don't let your roar be quiet. Let your love be out loud. Let your love shine. Let it be bright. He says, let the whole world see the, your good works, that they may glorify the Father. Sometimes we're worried, I don't want to let people see the good works because I don't want them to glorify me. But the Bible says that they see those good works in my name, they will glorify the Father. And then the devil tries to keep us hidden because we're afraid that pride is going to come. And yes, we be careful about that. But the Bible says when you do these good works before men, it brings glory to him. And so I started getting out of fear and more into love, knowing how much God loved me. And, and about second year into Bible school, we went down to Disneyland and we got to start practicing praying for people. And we saw in four and a half hours at the Disneyland food court, we saw a hundred instant miracles. Like, we're going to show you a video. It's like three minutes long. We saw a girl that, that, that was born with her legs that were twisted and she couldn't, she couldn't run because her knees would hit. And we'll show you the video. It doesn't show that part, but we, but we saw Jesus like straight and crooked legs at the Disneyland food court, not in a church. Crazy. I think I saw the most miracles that day of my whole life outside the church. You know why? Because wherever we go, God goes with us. The ark of God's presence in the old covenant, wherever the ark of God was, the presence of God, miracles happened. But now in the new covenant, Jesus was so into dying on the cross and the veil being rent that now God his presence could live in us. So God had one Ark of the Covenant, one Ark of God's presence in the Old Covenant. And he's like, I'm going to send Jesus because I got a good idea. He's going to die on the cross. The Holy of Holies, the, the, the veil's going to get rent. And then the presence of God is going to dwell in men. And now it's the Ark of God's Covenant with legs on. It's the Ark of God's Covenant with hands. And when you guys go to Walmart, God is with you. When you go to Disneyland, God is with you. And when God is there, he wants to do good things to people because he loves them. So we're going we're gonna to play this video. It's about three minutes long, but you'll watch that. You'll, you'll see God do some cool stuff. We'll watch it. That guy over there just got totally healed. He said, how did you do that? Well, last week you couldn't even move his arm. Um, like, last week you couldn't move, right? And now what can you do? Now I can. I, uh, this morning I couldn't rise it past here, and now would you? It's hard, it's hard. Okay, let's go again. Okay. There's a lot of tension in the brain there. Okay, yeah, so the Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. That's cool. I'll your wrist right now. Can you test it out real quick? Just test it out. <laughs> Take your brace off and test it. Shows up when God shows up like He's been showing up today. A lot of times you don't have to say a word; He just does it because it's in His presence. There's healing because God is healing. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. You feel better? Yeah. I didn't play all practice yesterday because my back hurt. That's so insane. Oh my God, that feels so good. I can go like this. <laughs> you know who did that? Jesus. No. Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. You know him personally? You ask him in your heart? You want to know him personally? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's pray. Let me turn this off. All right, hey, prayer. 
Who wants to know Jesus personally? I do. Repeat after me, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you. You're the God of our lives now. And help us to fall more in love with you. In Jesus' name, Amen. presence to come. We invite your presence to come. Let us feel your glory. Let us feel your glory. Yeah, you guys know what to do, man. Grab his name. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jesus name. In Jesus name. We command this knee. We command this knee to be healed. To be healed. 100%. 100%. Right now. Right now. Okay, check it out. Oh, check that out. out. <clears throat> <laughs> they healed Drew's shoulder. He had a sling on, strained his arm. He, he, he couldn't lift it past here. He could raise his hand. He could punch. Garrett hurt his shoulders. He could move his shoulders. I think everybody should know Jesus. Yes. How long have you known him? Uh, I used to not believe in him until now, to what I just saw. The young man at the beginning of the video that in the blue shirt, his name's Drew. And at that time, he was the high school or the junior high quarterback, the star quarterback. So everybody knew who Drew was. Like all the girls actually wanted to be Drew's girlfriend. But anyway, so they all knew what was wrong with his shoulder. So Drew called me not that long ago to thank me for that day in Disneyland. He said he was raised in church, but he always kind of wondered if he was really believing because he was raised in it or if he was believing because he really had belief. And so he said there was always that question mark in his heart about God. But he said that day in Disneyland is when it really solidified that God is real. And so he called me and he said, Jason, I wanted to thank you for going to Disneyland that day. And I said, Drew, all the honor was ours, man, to meet you. And, and Drew said that, he said, I just got done telling my parents and I wanted you to be the second person I told. He said, I just got done telling them that I've decided what I want to do for my career choice. He says, I decided I want to actually go to Bible school and be a missionary and give my life to Jesus. It's amazing. So I, I want to quickly go through an acronym of ROAR. Every one of these letters represent a topic, okay? I really wanted to preach this in Switzerland, but they don't speak English, so I couldn't. So this is my first opportunity. <laughs> R stands for righteousness. This, the, the acronyms, I hope, give us courage to help us roar. The first off is righteousness. In Proverbs 28, it says the righteous will be bold as lions. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin 
It said, God, God made him who had no sin. This isn't right. Okay, God, I'll just quote it. God who had no sin, he became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God. Okay, so what, what Jesus was, he became who we are so we could become who he is. So it gives us confidence that we have righteousness with God. R, O, do this, O, let me see it, O, say open heaven. In Isaiah 64, they prayed, if only you would tear open the heavens and come down, O Lord. I have good news. At Jesus' baptism, it says that the heavens were rent. They were opened, and the Holy Spirit came. And then we know about the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit came. So now, I said this earlier, now we are the open heaven. We, 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 are, we are a walking open heaven. I can't, can you do an A? A? Is that it close enough? A. Oh, Canada. A. <laughs> Say anointed. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all those oppressed under the power of devil. Why? Because God was with him. So that can help us get the roar. A. We have been anointed. God is with us. And then finally, R, reconciliation. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, Now all things are of God, who has, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was in Christ. He reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and now he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation and it says on Christ's behalf we are shouting out be reconciled so our ministry it says now is we are getting to tell everybody that's not reconciled we get to say we have good news for you be reconciled and what the good news is it's not that we're trying to convince God on his end to forgive us okay you, let me take just a minute here Sometimes when we think, God, forgive me of my sins, it's as if God the Father is up there in heaven saying, let me decide if I'm going to forgive you of your sins. It says God has forgiven us of our sins. It means on the cross, the Father already decided that he has a big yes in his heart, that he already chose every person in humanity. So he had, has already said yes to us. So all it is, is on a human being's side, it is saying yes back to God. It's like I got married a year and a half ago, I had to get down on my knee and say, honey, I like you. I really love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I choose you. Will you choose me back? And it's the same way with, with, with Christianity. This is the good news, man. It's that God already said yes. When I meet people, I'm like, I'm like, God says yes to you. He says yes to you. He loves you. He likes you. He says yes. But the question is, will you say yes back to him? And when you say yes back to him, it says all the old things have passed away, and behold, all the new has come. 
Hallelujah. And sometimes we preach a message of the gospel, which is true, but we preach it from a, a point of eternity only. Meaning this, a lot of times the gospel is preached that repent, because if you do not, when you die, you will go to hell. That is the truth, man. If you die apart from Christ, if you are not in... I'm yelling a lot, I'm sorry. If you die apart from Christ, you will be separated from God. There is a hell. There is a heaven. It is real, my friends. But that is not the biggest part of the good news. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And it says this is eternal life. What? Not just heaven. It says eternal. this is eternal life. That you may know Him. Eternal life is that we might know God now. Eternal life means that we get to start this everlasting life, not at the point when I die and go to heaven. It starts the minute you say yes to him, and you become a new creation in Christ. This is the gospel, man. The gospel is the old things are gone. A new creation, a new, creation, a new species is alive. This is, the, this, is, this is the news that we are carriers of, my friends. We got good news. We got good news. And it doesn't mean everything's going to change in a moment. But now God himself is connected to us to help us in every step of life now. We have a friend that's closer than anybody else. Thank you, Lord. And we're definitely wrapping it up now because of time. But, but we're going to end on this note. We're going to do ministry at the end. But if there's anybody in here that you've never had the opportunity to, to say yes to God, and what the yes looks like, it's like surrendering your life to him. And I was afraid to surrender my life to him because I thought for some reason he actually didn't have my best interest in mind. I actually thought I had better interest in my heart than he had. And I'm coming to find out that he has way better expectations. He has more hope in my future than I do. He is better at his job than I am. And I want to invite you today, if, if you have never said yes to Christ, or you've never fully surrendered your life, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. It says today is the day where you become born again. You become new. All things are new. Hallelujah. It's a good day. And so if you're ready for this, God says yes to you, but if you're ready for this, we want you to stand up. And maybe everybody's saved in here, but maybe there's not. But just like that pastor said, when I gave my life to the Lord, it'd be a shame not to give an opportunity for this. So we're going to take a minute, and, and if you've never said yes to God and you want to, we want to take a minute, and if you just would raise your hand and just say, yeah, maybe you're away from the Lord. Maybe it's been, I'm not trying to just get people to come up. You know, sometimes we do that. We, like, make the altar call, like, never said it. And then, like, you just want to give your life. Like, okay, if you had a bad week, come forward. Like, we're not doing that. If you really feel like you're, you're separated from God, for me it was 15 years, we just want you to raise your hand. Everybody in this section, you're good. Everybody in this section, you're all good. Okay, <laughs> he's like, we're on the worship team, we're saved. Everybody in these sections, you're good. Up here, you're good. Okay, so now I challenge you. We all have Christ in us, right? The hope of glory. Your name of your church is what? Which means what? What do you do with good news? How do you share it? 
with your voice, with your actions, with your heart. There's a lot of you in here, way more than the 12 disciples. The 12 disciples turned the whole earth upside down with the gospel. God has so much hope for your city, so much hope for your family. Why? Not because you got it all together. Not because you got all your ducks in a row, man. Because he's a good God. And he's good at his job. Quick last one-minute testimony. I was in Chicago. And we did a little outreach training like we did just here. There was a little lady. Her name was Karen. And she, bless her heart. She was so scared. She was so scared in class to get a word and try to pray for someone. But what we didn't do in here, what we did in Chicago, is we took everybody out on the streets on the first day. She didn't know it. She's like, what? You didn't tell us in the program we got to do it outside. I'm like, just you stay close to me, we'll be okay. You don't have to do anything, Karen. You can just be a shadow today, that's okay. So we go to Chicago and we pull up and park at McDonald's parking lot. And we get out and we look down the street and there's a group of angry guys on this side and some angry girls and on the street yelling at, across the street and there's an angry group over on this side yelling across the street and then we notice that they actually had some things that they're getting ready to like battle each other. And a year or two or three years earlier I was skipping class because I was so afraid, you know? Maybe it was five years, I don't know, but God was getting me out of fear. So now I'm in the situation and I'm like, oh, Lord, what do we do? And I felt like, I don't know what to do. But then something rose up in my heart, a courage that's not normal for me. And I thought, the gospel's got to be bigger than this situation. I'm like, Jesus has got to be bigger than this. So I walked right into the middle of the street between both sides, and I yelled as loud as I could. I was like, hey, everybody! I got some good news today. <laughs> and they're looking, what's this crazy Asian guy doing? And I was like, last night, five deaf ears opened in Jesus' name. There was a lady that hasn't walked for, without a walker for years, got healed by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus loves you guys so much. And then I got a word of knowledge. I said, somebody here has back pain. It really wasn't a word of knowledge. Most people have back pain. <laughs> Someone has back pain. Two ladies raised their hand. I was like, come here. So they came over here, and I noticed someone was standing next to me. It was Karen. And I'm like, oh, Lord, Karen. And I was like, come here. I was like, how's your pain? And the one said it was like 10, the other was like 7. I was like, okay, we're going to pray for you right now. And the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare pray for them. Karen's praying for them. And I'm like, hey, Karen, come here, closer. I was like, you got these two. You got them. And she gives me those eyes like if looks could kill, I'd be dead. <laughs> and I was like, trust me, you got this. She's like, I was like, it's okay. Just put your hands on their back and just say this. And I said, just do a short, quick command prayer. So eyes are closed and her hands are on their back and Karen's all, I was like, okay, that's long enough, long enough, okay, that's long enough. I was like, hey, test your backs out. And they're like, oh, it's, it's actually maybe a half better, about 50% better. I was like, awesome. I was like, see, Karen, it works. Do it again. So she's like, 
I was like, long enough. I was like, stop. So he asked the ladies to test it out again. And so there's, I was like, try to do something you couldn't do. So they bend down and they're like, oh my Lord. You know, they're, they're like, I couldn't do this. I have no pain, nothing. I was like, Karen, you're good at this. And then it's like, what the heck? And then the one lady just starts getting really emotional. And I was like, what's going on? And she's just getting really emotional. And I was like, I was like how are you with God? Like, how are you? Like, God just healed you. But how's your relationship with him? Are you close like this? Are you a little distant? Or are you really far away? Like, how's your relationship with God? And she's like, really, really far away. This is many years. Like, I just really haven't been there. And she's like, I feel something on my heart right now. There's something going on. I go, yeah, it's him calling you home. He wants to be like this. It's him. I was like, are you ready to do it? She's like, yeah, I'm ready. So we prayed with her, and she gives her life to the Lord. And then in my heart, I felt that in Matthew 18, it says, since we've been forgiven such a great debt, who are we to hold unforgiveness for someone else? And I was like, I was like is there anybody that you're holding unforgiveness for in your heart right now? She goes, yeah. So I says, you need to release them right now. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what they did to you. Christ paid for all your sins. Release them. So she, she's like, okay. She prays it. Come to find out the whole reason the two gangs were going to fight is someone broke into her apartment, stole something. So she forgave them out of their heart and ending up, the, there was no fight because of this. It's amazing, man. This is Jesus, right? It's amazing. So, so we're, going, we're, going, we're going back in the van now. We're in the church van, and Karen's sitting next to me. And I was like, Karen, that was awesome, man. Awesome. I was like, when you were praying for them, what were you saying? She's like, Pfft. she's like, I wasn't praying. I was like, I saw your mouth moving. What was going on? She was, she was saying, I was telling the Lord, this isn't going to work. 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 I was like, you did that. She's like, both times. I said, this, Lord, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And I'm like, what? I was like, it worked. So that night I, I went home and I was like, Lord, what happened? I know the gang, those girls that got prayer didn't probably have a lot of faith. I said, I know Karen had negative faith in the minus. I was like, how did you do that? And the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, faith works through love. And he says, I have such a great love in my heart that all I needed was a point of contact. The God of love lives inside Karen. And no matter what her brain was thinking, her mouth was saying, he's like, the God of love was flowing through her hands. And so all I need you to do is take a chance to reach out and touch someone, like AT&T commercial. Reach out and touch someone. So we have just a couple minutes left. We want to end with healing for a few minutes. Is that okay? So what we'd like to do is if you have pain in your body right now, you have so some, something in your body that you could noticeably check that if it was healed, meaning like if you have a bad shoulder that only works so far, um, if you have pain in your back, your neck, something that's testable right now, we're going to take just a couple minutes to, and pray for that. And then we will also pray for things that can't be checked. Okay, but first, if you have something going on in your body where there's pain, just quickly stand up. It's just going to take, it doesn't take God long. So just stand up if you have pain. Because you don't need to go home with pain. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so everybody that's standing up, 
that would like prayer right now, we're going to pray for you. If you would raise your hand, and what we're going to have is people around them, just put your hands on them, and then I'm going to pray corporately. We'll pray together corporately, and then we'll have them test out how the pain is, okay? So everybody that's standing, if you just quickly just raise your hand, and then people in the pews, if you could just go and just put your hand on them. And again, don't worry about having to pray <clears throat> right now because, like I said early, earlier, you could even say this isn't going to work, and I think it's going to work. Amen. <clears throat> okay, and if someone's with you, go ahead and put your hand down so we know that you're taken care of. <clears throat> okay, so Jesus, we just thank you that you're in this building because you're in us. And Lord, we thank you that you are Christ the Savior, but you're also Christ the Healer. We thank you for the same blood of Jesus that cleansed us of all sins, also sets us free from sickness. And right now we curse every pain, every sickness, every disease in this church in Jesus' name. And we say, be thou healed and be cleansed in Jesus' name. We command all pain to get out of bodies. We, we speak for uh, creative miracles, for ligaments, for tissues, for, for whatever needs to be fixed. God, you are the fixer. So we release your goodness over every person that's standing for prayer right now. Whew. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're really good at your job. Whew. Okay, so now the folks that are standing around, the people that you just laid hands on, ask them just some questions. Ask them to just... See how they're doing now, and what you're looking for is, is see if there's any change. You're looking for if it's improved, even if it's 1%, 10%, maybe all the pain's gone, but you're, you're trying to look for what's different, not just for if it's all the way gone. Just look for what's different now after prayer. Hallelujah. Clapping means some good stuff's going on in here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, okay, stay standing. If you are healed or all the pain has went away, 70% or more, put both hands like this, we can see. Right here. 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 Wow. Okay, if, if, if you're not all the way healed... What we're going to do is, is we're going to give God thanks for the improvement and we're going to pray it quickly again, okay? Jesus in the Bible prayed for the blind man two times. Like Jesus himself prayed for the blind man and it, and it was, he saw trees, like men like trees, and then Jesus prayed again. Okay, so if you aren't 100% healed, let's pray again. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give Jesus thanks for, for what he has already done. So Jesus, we just thank you. We give you glory for the improvement, for the ones that have been 100% healed, for the ones that have been 70%. We give thanks for people that have even had a 1% improvement. We even thank you for the people that haven't even noticed the improvement yet because you already said they are healed, but we're bringing that into their bodies now in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you've done, God. But, God, you paid for 100%, Lord. And so, Lord, we want 100% results on all the pain to go in Jesus' name, all the mobility and freedom put back in these bodies by your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, we say, be healed. Pain, get out. Affliction, infirmity, go. You're not welcome in the house of God. You're not welcome in the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, get out and go. 
never come back in Jesus' name. There's, uh, there's ringing in ears and even uh, hardness of hearing that God's healing right now. If you have ringing in your ears, just put your hands on your ears right now. The Lord is, is healing that. If you have a hearing loss, put your hands on your ears just quickly. Thank you, Lord, that, you are, that, that, that tinnitus is stopping uh, in, in ears right now. No more ringing. Uh, complete silence, God. We thank you for our ears that are being opened in Jesus' name. Okay, so check, check your bodies again, and let's look for what has changed. See, see what's improved. <clears throat> Hallelujah.